gliding shapes that violate every law of nature. It's the Horror Foria Podcast. Hi, can I help you? John Richards and Andy Gilly are talking everything and anything horror movies. Welcome to the Horror Foria Podcast. It is Friday, August 30th, episode number 26. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. We didn't do a sound check. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, <laughs> okay, Andy. We're good. good. All right, good. Um, Man, so it's uh, we're going to talk about the whaling today. We are. We are gonna I'm going to offer up my unpopular opinions about the whaling. I, I, re- I really think this is going to be an interesting <laughs> discussion because Andy and I have talked about this probably uh, a few times over the past week and a half. Again, we want to thank Rob from Straight Chillin' Podcast for coming on for episode number 25. That was a lot of fun. Uh, hey, I, before we get to that, or, or what we normally do. I saw Black Mirror, the yeah. Bandersnatch one. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that? It, it was really interesting. Yeah, that's I, interesting. I loved what they did with this thing. It was yeah. uh, it was really good. Um, yeah, it was your choose-your-own-adventure, and they mm-hmm. allowed you to do it, because I guess it, it got messed up because... Um, you know, it, it shut things down because people oh, were yeah. it, all it, like, interacting. This came out in the beginning of the year, and then the, the rest of... Um, um, uh, the, the Black Mirror was delayed for uh, for the rest of the, for like a couple months because of it, this. Yeah, it usually comes out in like January, and right. uh, the rest of the season was delayed for uh, for a couple months. So. Yeah, Karina and I actually had a lot of fun doing that because they allowed you to choose your adventure yeah. if you didn't pick right. You had I to go back to the a, beginning. I, I think there's like eight hours of content or something. In yeah, there. something you, like yeah, that. If, I couldn't imagine. Actually, um, if, yeah, I watched. That. I think I watched like two different endings or something like that. I yeah, and then I watched Mindhunter, which I like. We don't discuss. Yeah. TV shows on here, but I, I think it's just <laughs> right. as good as uh, season number one. Anyways, um, what about you? Seen anything interesting? Uh, what have I watched lately? Uh, yeah, I did. I did see something. I don't. You know, I have a headache. I think it's from thinking about the whaling, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I really can't think today. So. Oh, you can't think. <laughs> so, uh, all right. What, what have God? I been watching? I'm sure there's uh, a lot of horror movie news out there. There, there is actually a lot of horror movie news. Yes, uh, Anthony Michael Hall will be coming to the Halloween sequel, Halloween Kills, releasing October 16, 2020. He'll be playing Tommy Doyle in next year's sequel. Halloween 6 hasn't happened in this timeline, so Tommy's only had contact with Michael as a child. That's mm-hmm. pretty big news. That should be interesting. I think that's big. I mean, yeah, he, I think he was huge, huge back in the 80s. He played kind of mm-hmm. a geeky guy back in yep. the 80s, but I think that's cool to bring him back Tommy Doyle. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, it should be. That, I was kind of excited to hear that. Uh, although Robert Englund says that he has one more Nightmare on Elm Street movie left in him, he gave a suggestion as to who his successor should be. Uh, that would be none other than Kevin Bacon. Speaking at a horror convention panel, Unglund, I can't even say his name today, had this to say. The rumor I've heard that I like is Kevin Bacon. Kevin loves horror. He's a real actor. He's a character actor. Kevin was great in Tremors, which is true. Mm-hmm. Kevin was great in Stir of Echoes, which was true. That was a great movie. <laughs> Stir of Echoes is an awesome movie. And I've heard this rumor. We need someone like that to take it on and redo it, exploiting all the new technology. Now, Robert uh, England is uh, 72 years old and Bacon is 61. So, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not that much of a difference. You know? Well, well with the attempt of Jack Earl Haley and, and don't yeah. get me wrong, and, and I, I'm a fan of right. his, but sure. it, it's it wasn't good. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how that makes him feel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, new James Wan horror movie talked about a couple weeks ago, got a title and a lead actor uh, this week. Uh, the film going by the title Silver Cup. Will star Annabelle actress Annabelle. Eh, her name is Annabelle too. Annabelle Wallace and British actor George Young. No speculation on what Silver Cup will be about. Um, 
I don't think it's like a sequel to Tin Cup, uh, I suppose, but um, that's a golf movie. Uh, Juan's last horror film was 2016's Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the one with Bill Wilkins. Uh, I've been wanting to watch that again lately. That was a good movie. I love Conjuring. Conjuring I, and 2 I, th- I think anything that James Wan is directing, just say, print my own money. Yeah, right. It seems like it's that's that's the way it's going these days, especially after uh, Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grindhouse releasing uh, an independent cult film distribution company is remixing the sound from the original Evil Dead and releasing it in the theater. Nice. Uh, the original had a monaural soundtrack, I assume, because they had very limited budget. And this one will not only have 5.1 soundtrack, but a reimagined score by the original composer Joseph Loduca. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound engineers Marty Humphrey and Jesse Tiegelman, who worked uh, with Raimi on Drag Me to Hell, as well as the uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead television show, are behind the 5.1 remix. Nice. Um, I would assume we get a Blu-ray so I can buy Evil Dead for like the eighth or ninth time uh, on some kind of home <laughs> video release. Honestly, how many copies do you have? Uh, I actually counted, and I have it written down here. I have it on VHS, okay. digitally remastered letterbox VHS, okay. DVD special, uh, DVD. Just regular DVD, I'm sorry. Special edition DVD, Book of the Dead DVD, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray limited edition steelbook. So you seriously have seven copies? Oh, and then I I have the uh, remake as well. So that, I don't know if you count that. No, count the reboot. I don't. So I've bought it seven times. (laughs) So this will be the eighth time I buy it. So if we ever review (laughs) Evil Dead and he gives it anything less than a five, then Uh, I I, I will be blown away. (laughs) That movie is a five for me. I definitely love Evil Dead, so... And all of the sequels. So, absolutely. Oh, you know what? I don't think I have a horror movie trivia question for today. I do. I'm just not re- prepared. This one's very. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is a tough one. Um, but it, it's in regards to Korean horror movies. What is the okay. highest grossing Korean horror movie of all time? Is and it's early two thousands because that 2000s. that'll kind of narrow you down if you if you know these movies. Mm, well, then it's not Train to Busan because that came out recently, right? Uh, twenty sixteen, I think. Yeah, that came out in twenty sixteen. Um, that would have been my guess. Okay. Uh, boy, I don't know enough about K horror to tell you. Well, and I tried to find out what the gross was on the movie, but I think it's still uh, making a boatload. Is uh, a tale of two sisters back in two thousand three? Oh, okay, I've heard of this one. Yeah, uh-huh. very psychological one. Yeah. Um, something that. I have I've wanted to see, but I haven't seen. And another interesting fact to it: it was actually the very first Korean horror movie to be screened in America. Really, first Korean horror movie. Yeah, I mean there there have been other imports. Right. I'm a little surprised at how you know you had mentioned like the uh, the uh, I think it was Ringu that was the first Japanese remake. So I'm I'm really kind of surprised at how how like recent the uh, you know you know these Asian. Um, Remakes and and bringing that over to the United States is is well. I think we, I, I, I think us as Americans, we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into you know. There's only one. We like all different kinds of genres of movies, but there's only really right. kind of you know we, we're, we're one minded. But but the, with the invent of streaming, you know, it allows yeah. us to see these movies that I know we're going to talk about a movie that Andy may have problems with. <laughs> <laughs> but still, there are other movies out there that are fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, Ringu, no. we were really late to the game on that one. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, they got there was this cry from the audience to Hollywood to say, hey, these movies are brilliant. And so they decided to capitalize on it and <laughs> remake it into America. So I thought that was interesting. And you're right. I think it, it is recent when we're starting to get these exposures and, and, and 
you know, being able to consume these really, really good horror movies and we're not so stuck in our own little ways because right. we've always had a problem where one genre works and they beat it to death. Yeah. Pardon the pun. Yeah, definitely. And I really like a lot of Japanese horror movies. The Grudge is one of my favorite horror movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, re- I really do like that one. Uh, and, you know, Juon that it's based on. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I, I, I love I love a, a lot of those Japanese horror movies. And I've just started to get into into Korean horror. Uh, I like Bedeviled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. Have you seen that one? I it's about, uh, it, It's pretty good. It's about this uh, lady who lives on an island and uh, is kind of bullied throughout the whole movie. I don't know. Did we talk about that once? I, th- I think I might have uh, actually reviewed that on on one of the early uh, horror for you. I don't think you did. Podcasts. You may have mentioned it. Maybe I mentioned it, but uh, yeah, it. Uh, I, I think a lot of these movies uh, from Asia are really good. Uh, the Wailing, I. I uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought of it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> so. this is a South Korean movie. It's called The yep. Wailing, made on a budget from $8 million. Actually, the box office in the U.S., $51.3 million mm-hmm. is made. So this is yep. a, a critically acclaimed movie, 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, did I say 2016? Yeah, yes, I think 2016. Right. Yep. Be ready to, uh, to to do a marathon because this movie runs at uh, yeah. 156 minutes, which is uh, two hours and 36 minutes. minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Andy. Uh, yeah, director Na Hong Jin is uh, is the director of this. I think it's his third big movie that he had. I, I can't remember his, uh, yeah, I can't recall I his other ones uh, offhand. But um, yeah, synopsis. You, I, I, well, my, my big problem with The Wailing is I just, I, I, maybe I'm too stupid to know what was going on. I just, I, I felt lost the whole time. So the synopsis that I've got here, I, I had to read it, <laughs> I had to like read it, and, it and paraphrase it. So, um, I mean, I, I could tell what was going on and stuff, but uh, anyway, okay. So the synopsis is that uh, a guy named Jung Gu, who is a police officer, is in some kind of rural Korean hamlet type town. He's got to get up early one morning to go check out a murder that's happened, which is obviously not something that happens a lot in these towns because right. he, uh, it's it's uh, his wife is kind of surprised that this this is going on, and uh, some guy has killed his family. He looks like a zombie. He does. Um, they surmise that he might have eaten some bad mushrooms, but I've ne- never seen anybody who ate bad mushrooms get like glowing white eyes before. No, you know, they no, weren't no, glowing, but you know, he, he looked like really bad, like a zombie. There's some dried flowers at the scene, uh, which it becomes important later. Uh, and then there's a power outage later. So the first part of this movie is kind of a kind of comedic. There's a, it's, it's funny, you know. There's some funny parts to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gu and his partner are sitting uh, around it during a power outage uh, at the police station and they see a naked woman standing outside. It's kind of a, a jump scare that, that happens. There's this naked woman standing It was outside. an effective jump scare yeah, for it me. Was. It was for me too. Uh, next day, a house burns down. Uh, a woman has killed her family. Gu connects that the naked woman from the night before has burned the house down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees this Japanese stranger there. Gu and his partner meet a lady who's throwing rocks at them. Uh, not violently. She's just kind of like tossing them and being annoying. Yep. Uh, her name is Mu Myung, which means no name in Korean. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, we will. Gu then meets a person who claims he saw the Japanese stranger eating deer in the woods. Uh, this guy gets struck by lightning, um, and Jungu's daughter Hyo Jin starts acting strangely. Uh, Jungu's mother suggests that they get an org- uh, a uh, a exorcism for his daughter, who's acting very bizarre. She's eating like a lot of fish and stuff. And right. um, uh, Jungu questions his daughter about the Japanese stranger. 
uh, then comes back later when she's sleeping, finds out she, she has this weird rash. He's like looking at her while she's sleeping. Uh, Hyojin uh, makes some kind of accusatory remarks to him about looking at her while she's asleep. Um, really kind of like uh, uh, puts it to him that, that makes him feel kind of uh, kind of accused. She's very accusatory of, of right. what he's doing. Some salty language in that yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Jungu's mother-in-law contacts this uh, shaman named Il Guan at that point. Oh yeah. Uh, so Jean-Gugu is back to the stranger's house and, and uh, he kills his dog, who's like a big King Corso, um, and tells the stranger, he, then the stranger shows up, tells the stranger to leave in three days. Um, Hyo Jin, in the meantime, kills uh, Jean-Gugu's neighbor. Um, so then Ilguan, this shaman, he performs a ritual where, and we at the same time we see the stra- stranger performing a ritual. And it seems like they're kind of having a battling ritual. Um, and But we also see that Il Guan wears the same kind of undergarment as the stranger. Right. So that's kind of interesting. I think this is important. Uh, some dead guy in a truck comes to life mm-hmm. uh, after the, um, the the ritual gets interrupted, I should say, that uh, uh, Il Guan tells Zhang-Gu not to interrupt his ritual, that it won't work. Right. Uh, Zhang-Gu interrupts the, his ritual, takes his daughter to the hospital, this ritual takes his daughter to, this, the, to a hospital um, the, after the ritual. And then uh, a guy comes to, some dead guy in a truck comes to life. Um Moom Young finds the stranger. Uh, she sees this Japanese guy, and right. she lets him go at this point. Uh, Jungu interrupts. Uh, yeah, that, and after that, that's when uh, when uh, he takes his daughter to the hospital. Jungu and his friends go out and find the stranger. He like lands on their windshield windshield of their truck, mm-hmm. and uh, they throw him off a cliff. And Moom Myung watches this. Right. Moo Myung watches that. Uh, then we saw see Il, Il Guan is trying to get a hold of Zhang Gu. He's calling him on his phone. The shaman is calling, trying to call Zhang Gu. Uh, Moom Young finds Il Guan and makes him like puke a whole bunch. Yep. Like she she sees him and he's he's like very afraid of her and he mm-hmm. he runs away. Uh, and he gets in his car. He drives through like a locust storm and ends up turning around. Uh, and then he calls Zhang Gu and tells him that the stranger is the good guy and Moom Young is the bad guy. Yeah. Um, so Moom Young then meets Jung Gu and tells him that if he goes home, uh, oh by the way, spoiler alert! We're gonna I'm gonna spoil oh, yeah, the spoiler alert. <laughs> we're sorry, sorry about that. We're we're gonna ruin this movie yep. for you. Sorry. Yep, we always do. Moom Young then meets Jung Gu and tells him that if he goes home, everyone will die. Uh, and she mentions that she set a trap, but it'll only work if Jung Gu trusts her and does not go home. Uh, he has to wait until like a rooster crows three times three to go times. home. Yep. So Jung Gu gets a call from Il Guan telling him to go home. Jungu sees that Mu Young has his daughter's hair clip and other things from the people who've been killed, and he goes back home. Mm-hmm. Then everyone dies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, his daughter kills him. His yeah. daughter stabs him. Mm-hmm. Uh, does his daughter stab his wife, too? I, I, oh, the, so, wife, the yeah. wife and the mother-in-law are dead. Yeah, they're, they're already they're dead. They're in the uh, yeah. pantry, so yep. that's where he finds them. Yep. Oh, and then there's this pastor that Jungu has been ta- uh, using as a translator for the. Uh, I guess I can. Yeah, a deacon a as deacon, he is yeah. the translator for the stranger who it's is like Japanese. A priest in training or something like yeah. that. He's like he's affiliated with the Catholic Church, and I guess I should have mentioned him too. But uh, Jungu uh, had he's using him as a uh, translator. He goes to this cave where the stranger is. The stranger actually turns into the like a, the our. our stereotypical uh, view of the devil. He's got like horns and everything. We'll talk about that too. Then he takes the pastor's photograph and kills him. Mm-hmm. Evil wins. 
Evil does win in this movie. <laughs> yeah. You find out the the, the um, shaman's actually working with yeah the devil, or that that's what's perceived. Okay, Andy. So go ahead. Let's let's start from the very beginning. Okay, mm-hmm. I know you have problems with movies that run long. Is, yeah, well, it, <laughs> yeah, I see. And I thought this movie was like three and a half hours long because I just didn't know what was going on. Right. I kept like looking at the uh, the progress bar to say, I'm like, what? There's another hour left in this yet? You know, um, and, I, and it was just because I just didn't get what was going on. And I don't know. Uh, I got a couple of theories of why I maybe didn't. Um, I read a bunch of articles about this movie afterwards mm-hmm. and I could see how. You know, if I knew what was going on, this would be a really cool movie. So I have an idea that, like, this is what I really think happened, if you want to know. Yeah, well, and, and I'm just going to say at the beginning of the movie, it was really unnecessary. The the, the thir- first 35 minutes could have been cut significantly yeah, by at true. least a half hour. Although maybe it, you know, I in, in its defense, it did, it, it was kind of interesting how it uh, changed the tone of the movie throughout the movie, you know, because like I said, it was very comedic in the beginning. Yeah, like it was then, like a serious slapstick. I yeah, mean, I, it I was. Didn't know, I yeah. didn't know if I was watching a horror movie or if I was watching something that was like a dark comedy. Yeah, it, right. It, it, it was kind of like, Shang-Gu uh, reminded me a little of Sammo Hung, if you know who that is. Yes. It's like, a, you know, a... a Hong Kong actor from the 90s. And so you, you remember any of uh, like a character that Sammo Hong would have played. Right. So this dad's kind of I'll say he's a good dad, but a terrible husband. And he's <laughs> right. just he's just a slacker at work. He's a police officer. He's a sergeant with with the police department in this in this little village. of Yeah. Korea. And it's, a, it's a small town where probably not a lot of crime happens. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, th- there's a scene where you're talking about the, the house burned down. Right. And mm-hmm. to me, that. It was it was character development, but it was unnecessary. Like the uh, the woman that burned the house down attacks him, and he just falls down like Chris Farley. Yeah, he's like, oh no, no, mm-hmm. don't do that. You yeah, know, just afraid. And right. at some point during the movie, he becomes, you know, a, a, a good cop. They, yeah, very, very investigate, and especially because it's about his daughter. You know, right. again, great father, terrible husband. He cheats on his wife, which the daughter sees him. So he takes his daughter to the to the store to get a barrette and some candy and some sort of fruit drink with a lot of sugar in it. So and they're sitting there talking and he's trying to I, he's not necessarily explaining himself. He's just like, what did you see? I don't, was he cheating on his wife there? I don't think he was. That was that was his wife in the car with him, I don't wasn't think it? That was his wife. I think that was his wife in the car. with Was him. it? I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know. See, well, you, it's, yeah, it's I, hard I, I to guess understand. I was a little confused. I don't know. No, I, I, I think he, he. Yeah, that was his wife because he didn't. They lived in such a small house. Oh, he didn't okay. have a place to oh, go. The mother and so that's where they were right, doing okay. it. And I, I, he took his his daughter there and bought her all that stuff so she wouldn't say anything about it because right. it's a small town. And again, I, I read some of this, so uh, uh, it's it's not something I just discerned from the movie. But right. uh, it, uh, I guess he took his daughter there so that she wouldn't tell everybody in town that mm-hmm. uh, they were doing it in the car, even though it was his wife. So, right. um, so, so he, uh, I, I, I think you're right. I think he's, but I, I don't think he's the greatest husband. I mean, his, the wife in this movie has like a. The, his his relationship with his daughter is very good. It you is. know. But I don't think the daughter or him have have much of a relationship at all that's developed with the with the wife. So I, you know, there was some speculation that maybe she was like a stepmom to the daughter or something like that. Because there's just she's just kind of like off here. She's like a 
we need a wife in this movie, so we put her over here. And then there, there wasn't, you know, there was really no character development to the wife at yeah, all. You, you, yeah, and yeah, zero character. Because right. again, I thought, I guess I yeah. didn't, you know, wasn't <laughs> right. paying attention. Oh, it is her. You yeah, know? yeah, uh, that's her. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. they go out into the car and have it out and whatever they were right. doing. And right. um, I don't know, I like with this, and we talked about it a little bit off air that. It, it, it could have been three movies. I saw it as two movies because the, the, the first 35, 45 minutes of the movie was that slapstick, almost black comedy type. Right. And then I think that could have been way condensed and made it a shorter movie and just give that character development and give us the storyline within a more condensed because then it became a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, who's evil, who's not. And, you know, we'll get more into that. But um, Well, you know, and here that is one thing I liked about The Wailing was like. Like I said, it just has this tonal change in it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's more like two changes that happen. So, so it's this comedic kind of thing. And then all the, you know, it's it's one of these things where I, oh, I was used to like laughing at everything this guy, John Goo was doing. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, that's that's not funny. No. Whoa. You know, what's going on here? And it was just kind of, that was kind of cool. I like that about it, that it that there's this tonal shift that where it changes from like this comedic tone and he's not he's not funny anymore this isn't funny it's not a it's not a joking matter this is there's some real evil going on here and and right. you know now now we're murdering people well well here and and, and you're, you're absolutely right i my favorite part and after after that beginning part mm-hmm. i love the movie i was totally into it i maybe didn't understand everything and i'm never ever going to get claim to be a biblical expert oh, yeah. but no. this this was biblical this was this was about good and evil um i don't understand the culture in in korea or or what the issue what the issue is uh between the japanese and the koreans right but there was something there that that i was intrigued by this this dynamic of of maybe you know what is the issue here but but i also saw it for what it was and this is you know, this is about religion. This is what it's about. Good versus evil. I love what this movie did with that. Right. It kept you thinking. I, and maybe that's my problem. I can't think. I'm not aware. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it. it is. I think there's a lot of Korean culture in it. Uh, my understanding of Korean culture is kind of limited to what I learned in Taekwondo class. I can count to 10. That's about it. It's really all I know about <laughs> Korean. Uh, but, you know, I do know some of the history between Japan and, and Korea. Okay. And, you know, um, I, I think there's also like a, there, there is a lot of, um, you know, there, there's this yin and yang kind of thing where it's uh, there's like Christianity and Buddhism that are, are kind of contrasted in it. You have, you know, this pastor and like the Christian devil that shows up at the end. You know, mm-hmm. he's like the red guy with the horns. And then you have this shaman and the rituals and, and, and stuff like that. And um, I think it's uh, for a Western person like me, some of the, I, I found it to be very xenophobic. Uh, you know, but Very. but I I I'm not from Korea, so I don't know what it was like to you know to deal with the Japanese and what the Japanese of the Japanese actually the Koreans and the Japanese are were are like almost at each other's throats right now here in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a war yeah. between them. I mean, this goes on till today. There was uh, 
you know, World War II, there was a, Japan invaded Korea, they, they occupied it or whatever, and, and did some terrible things to the people of Korea. So, mm. you know, I might look at this and be like, wow, this is really kind of, you know, you're from my Western American uh, value system, be like, well, you know, this guy is an immigrant. They're really being xenophobic about this. But, uh, you know, maybe that's maybe I can't understand that because I'm I don't know the Korean culture well enough, you know, but there is there's a lot of like um, dichotomies, I guess, where you have, you know, Buddhism, Christianity, good and evil. There's uh, uh, a lot of uh, contrasts in this uh, Moon Young has a lot of Jesus going on. You know, she's I, I think we we should if you if you really were a student of, you know, the Bible or whatever, she's throwing rocks at those guys. And uh, that's an, an allusion, I guess, to uh, the, the the biblical saying, let ye who has no sin cast the first stone. So she exactly. has she has no sin. Correct. You know, and that's why she's doing that. Yeah, you know, that's that's what that meant. It's so. seen. And, and here's the thing. Once you get to the end of the movie, you kind of understand that because the movie starts off in the title sequence with a Bible verse. Yes, that's true. That's true, too. Yeah, I forgot about um, that. You know, and it's kind of silly because she's wearing white. So I think mm-hmm. that was very symbolic or bright colors of maybe being angelic, you know, a Christian mm-hmm. angel of casting, you know, the stone as far as getting the, the cops attention. Correct. And the fact yeah. that she disappears. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, yep. The rooster crowing thing. I mean, that's it's all there, I think. And that maybe if I'd have paid more attention at Sunday school, it made more sense, too. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm just and we're going to jump around on this because things will pop into our heads. Um, I there were two scenes that really affected me that I thought just just gave me chills. Mm -hmm. And the first one was, you know, the ritual was interrupted. And this was after. So so the the stranger, um, you know, you don't know if he gets pushed or he falls because the 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 woman with no name. Um, is following him around or chasing him through the through the forest. So he falls on on those on these guys' truck. They push him over the edge, right? And then that's when he goes back to the hospital, go see his daughter, like his daughter's cured. Yes, you know. And and it was really it was a real emotional scene. And I, you know, with a movie that as deep and as dark as this, you know that that was kind of that that relief you know it's like oh you know because you're you're so like i i compare it to like holding your breath for i would say i wouldn't say the first half hour of the movie but an hour or two two hours straight okay because you don't know what's happening here but that that was a relief to me and then you know everything kind of goes back to normal the um the shaman goes to the house and there's some sort of force field that causes the shaman nose to bleed and vomit everywhere. And my Andy, the practical effects in this movie are top notch. There was no CGI and, and the cinematography was gorgeous because this was just a village in Korea. And it's like, if I ever visited Korea, this is exactly how I picture it. Totally mountainous, just forest and Mm -hmm. a beautiful place. But the practical effects were awesome. Um, so I'll agree with that completely. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were fantastic. Yeah. So after uh, they, they bring the daughter home and, you know, the whole thing with the shaman of him getting sick and going through the locust, whatever. Um, he goes, I forgot why he goes, but um, did he see the girl or he's just going for a walk or something like that? And then he sees the girl and 
like he's getting ready to leave because he sees the stuff that she had grabbed from everybody else. And when he gra- when she grabbed his hand, yeah, it was it was forceful, but it was like like that's when I went, wait, she's not the bad guy, you know. I I kind of picked up on that, like just wait for one more, and he couldn't do it. The, the, the rooster crowed twice, and then he left. Yeah, and it's it's very inconclusive what he feels there because he senses something when he touches her hand, right, and. Uh, I, I don't, and that that was cool. I think you know that's a, that's a thing that's kind of left unknown. Whatever he's feeling there causes him to go back to Ilguan, the shaman, yeah, and break the uh, trap that she set for uh, set for the. Uh, well, yeah, because he wasn't there. He just goes to the house, and then you yeah. see that because you t- you had talked about you know the flowers they wilt as soon as he right. goes through, like breaks the bar- almost breaks a barrier, and those flowers wilt. Which he has exactly. Do you, do you want to know what uh, what I think actually happens here? I do. So okay, and I think this is the best. So the straight chilling guys did this and got a got like kind of a totally different uh, idea of what the movie was about. Okay. Um, and, and that's part of my issue with this. I, I like open-ended movies and we'll get to that, but, but this is just left way too open-ended. Like you can, I like movies that I don't, that everything's not spelled out for me and maybe some things are inconclusive or left for you to think about, but there's just way too many ways to interpret this, but this is what I think, uh, actually happened. So, um, and I got, I, like I said, I didn't think up this myself. I, I, there's a website I got this from called thisisbury.com, and I'll I'll put a link on the on our our page about it. But okay. uh, so the stranger is possessed possessed by the devil. He's causing these murders by cursing objects owned by the victims. So like the hair clip from um, what's what's his daughter's name again? Uh, Hyojin's hair clip. So he curses these items, and that and that's how he gets them to do this stuff. And then Moon Young is obviously trying to stop him. She's the good, the good person. Shaman is the uh, is the bad guy's helper, is the devil's helper in this. Mm-hmm. And the ritual he performs is supposed to help the devil possess Zhongu's daughter. Okay, interesting. Zhongu interrupts this and saves his daughter when he takes her to the hospital, so she doesn't get possessed by the devil in that in that particular scene. The ritual the stranger performs, uh, while looking like it, you know, it looks like it's a duel between the two. Yeah. During that time, it's not. It's completely separate, and is uh, some kind of necromancy that causes this. Uh, you know, he, he's he 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 moves the evil spirit into this dead guy in the truck. And um, brings the dead alive like a zombie. Yes, exactly. So it, it allows this demon or evil or whatever's infecting the stranger because the stranger's infected. And uh, he, he's he's just a man, too, but he's got this evil spirit in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he's in that in that uh, guy in the truck. Then then the shaman Ilguan pukes because he's evil and Moom Young is trying to stop him. So that's why he's like, like so scared of her. And throwing so up all he's the so place. weak I mean but he's just he's mm-hmm. you know he's the he's the little pawn of 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 the devil right um, uh-huh. that makes a lot of sense yeah. because the way the the little girl reacts and Andy again I mean this is another this young oh girl, she's great yeah she was fantastic because she was yep. like this snarky little kid but she she just had this life to her and just like this very very humorous mm-hmm. and then when she gets possessed or or, or, or taken over Man, she turns into a little punk. <laughs> yes. Well, no, and that's why, that's like I said, I kind of like the whole way it changed. And I think that 35 minutes of like comedy was kind of important. But um, um, 
Anyway, uh, you could have done the character development in less time. Sure, I, I, I didn't. Maybe and maybe and I'm always I'm always up for things taking less time. So yeah, but he pukes because he's he's ter- terribly evil, and, and Moom Young is trying to stop him. Zhang uh, Gu has murdered this guy uh, because at this at the point that they find the Japanese guy, he's not infected with the uh, evil spirit anymore. He's and that's why like Moom Young meets up with him and lets him go. Uh, Remember that? Like she oh, sees him chasing after. Yes, him. they're chasing. Yeah, she lets him go. Off. Yeah, he's yeah. he's hanging off the cliff. Right, and and uh, uh, the main character and his buddies, they're they can't find him. They, right, they think he's disappeared, but he's just hanging off the rock by two fingers. Right, he falls, breaks his leg, or, or yeah. hurts his leg somehow. Yeah, exactly. So Zhang Gu murders him, an innocent person. He's innocent at that point mm-hmm. because the evil is transferred to this, you know, uh, dead guy in the truck. And uh, so that's why Moom Young makes him do a test of faith, which is to not go home and until the rooster crows three times after she's set a trap up for the evil one. So she's going to trap this evil guy in there. And if uh, Zhang Gu doesn't go back home, uh, his faith is, you know, he's he's been faithful and it stops the evil. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Zhang Gu sees the objects on Moom Young, which she has his cursed objects because she's like cleansing them, I think. Mm-hmm. And that I just made up myself. But I think the reason that she has the cursed objects is, you know, she's got like the hair clip of his daughter and right. like the I think some of the other uh, some clothes of the woman who burned down the house or whatever. Right. Uh, and he sees that and he thinks that she's taken these things, but she's actually purifying them to rid the victim, rid rid of, of evil. Right. And then Jungu chooses to believe the lies of the evil ones, wrecks her trap by going back home and thus the evil wins. Well, that makes sense. So I think what was really cool is that that. Uh, the the two rituals that look like they're competing in it against each other were actually trying to help the same side. They're both evil rituals that are trying, but there was just no way to like determine that. Nothing ever really told you that later. You know, if you'd have found that out later on in the movie, I think it would have been cool. Uh-huh. Uh, even if they just alluded to it right. somehow. But I, the only reason that I and this this is actually something that I guess the director said. Uh, this kind of comes straight from uh, from the director um, Na, Hong, Na Hong Jin, so um, that's what he that's the way he explained the movie. But when the director has to come out and tell you what happened in the, that you just saw, I think that's part of my problem with this movie. Uh, I, and I get that. I, I I understand. Like I was so entertained, and I'll tell you right now is like as maybe as cheesy as the the devil makeup looked mm-hmm. to me. It's like if you see any kind of religious art. Yeah, painting. No, I, that's that's how the devil's portrayed. It kind yeah. of a hunched over, just yes, you know, kind of a kind of, and that's yeah. exactly how he looked in that. I loved it. I, I like, thought it was wow. great. I I, like, I really liked it. I, I I didn't think it was really cheesy at all. I th- I thought they did a really nice job with that. And again, practical effects. It's really, oh yeah, really great stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, because he had horns like coming out of his head, but he also had a horn right in the middle, mm-hmm. and it just getting hairy and gnarly and hunched over as an old guy. So. You know, obviously, this movie is a social commentary on religion as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think there's some kind of culture thing going on because there is like uh, Christianity is kind of is, is a pretty big thing in Korea. And, and I, I thought maybe it was because of the American influence after the But it's actually been since the 19th century that it's been uh, kind of taken there. And so, and, and uh, so there's this kind of there's this old Buddhist way thing and, and Christian kind of uh, I don't know if it's a 
if you call it a conflict, but a dichotomy that exists in that country. And I think this is a comment on that. Well, and, and I, yeah, I think it, there is a dichotomy there. I yeah. think that the, um, it seemed to me that they were saying that, you know, this old way of thinking is evil because, right. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because you did have the difference of, you know, you had a deacon, you had this pure woman, mm-hmm. which can be considered a Christian angel or, or whatever mm-hmm. she was. Right. Um, and then you had the devil and you come to find out the shaman is working with the devil. So, I mean, the, yeah. that that was the commentary of that as I saw it, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, the movie wraps up. Um, the main character got stabbed by his daughter. Um, and again, that was another effective scene of him. Just he's having a flashback of them on a carnival ride yeah. and I'll make everything okay. You know, and that, that was heartbreaking to me, but you also see the shaman coming in and take pictures of them dying or dead. And he drops the box and then there's a bunch of victim pictures of victims from past. So I understood that. And that's, uh, that's kind of, I don't know if you call it a trope or whatever, but taking pictures is uh, what he was doing is, is capturing their soul. Yes, basically, yeah, exactly. So that, that I got that part. I mean, I understood what he was, what he was doing there and that's, you know, why he took a picture of the priest at the end too, after he killed him. So yeah, I, for me, Andy, this, this was, I mean, I, I could have done without the first 35 minutes of the movie. Um, I was entertained. I was in, intrigued. And like I said, for two hours I'm holding or figuratively holding my breath to see what's going to happen next and who's what. And I think it could be open to interpretation, but man, this is a good movie. It's not as good as train to Busan, but I got to give it a four. Giving it a four. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I think it'd be easy to, for me to fawn over this and, and say, Oh, four or five stars is amazing, amazing piece of art. So groundbreaking different than our American garbage, you know, such high art. So incredible. But Maybe it's an amazing movie, I guess, if you get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like I said, I was watching the clock and, and how long the progress bar was getting. And uh, I get that pretty much every scene is essential to the movie, in, in my opinion. I mean, may, yeah, you're right. Maybe some of the beginning could have been uh, cut out. Uh, and maybe some people will think I'm stupid because I needed this explained to me. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm just going to admit that I did not understand it rather than pretending I thought it was my new favorite movie or something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I like movies that don't spell it out for you, like Get Out and Us. I, I think there was a lot to think about in those movies. They had a lot to say, a uh, lot to talk about. It, uh, but it wasn't so wide open and unexplained that you needed the director to come out and tell you what happened after the movie. And that's basically what I needed done with this movie. I I, uh, I think there's good w- uh, examples of good ways not to explain everything. and um, But I don't think this movie did that, uh, a very good job of it. It's like the director said... Here, watch these scenes and you figure it out. Right. <laughs> so, well, well, you don't have to agree me, with me, but that's my, you know, that's how I, I feel about it. I totally get that. I mean, I like a movie that makes you think, but th- this is just too open-ended for me. And, um, like, I, I think the interpretation I I read up there, which I which I believe was Na Hong Jin was trying to say, just wasn't conveyed. Uh, you know, the one that I just read, I don't think it was, it was really conveyed. Um and like I said, I listened to Straight Chillin's podcast on this. They had completely different read on it. I think they did think that they were competing uh, rituals, and uh, that's how they, you know, what they concluded. And it just is never clear. And one of those guys lives in Korea, so yeah. so I think he he is. So it's not just the culture that's uh, you know my misunderstanding of the culture here that's that's causing this. 
Um, I think the mu- uh, execution movie is flawed and created a confusing, long movie that made me a little bored, and I just couldn't figure out what was going on, so I give it two and a half. Two and a half. See, that's a, <laughs> that's fair. I want to go back to the ritual thing real quick. I From what you explaining to me, that mm-hmm. makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. Because if, you know? if you see the girl, she's reacting to everything that he's he's doing. Yeah. The girl's, yes. not, the girl's not reacting to being protected, and, right. and you don't ever see... The stranger ever go into convulsions he just he's just doing his own thing right. and then all of a sudden it cuts to the the scene with the dead guy coming to life or starting to open his eyes which by the way was one of the best kills in the whole movie that when they was. meet up with him at the stranger's <laughs> house and he's the zombies walking towards him and you know he's biting he bit the deacon um <laughs> yeah that somebody was grabs a rake and puts it right through his head <laughs> that was that was that was awesome that, that was, was a great kill, kill. Um, was a great and kill. again i the reason for me is i enjoy movies like this um i i can separate myself and i'm not saying it's wrong for you to say listen i need more like for me i just i separated myself from going i don't understand this but i enjoyed it because you know you do pick up on things that you do understand that you mm-hmm. see these things it's like oh i get that and at the end of the movie you know with the with the um the woman in white throwing rocks mm-hmm. you you knew i think if you know anything about christianity that's one of the things that sticks out in your head of you know he without sin cast the first stone right and that's exactly what was happening and then you kind of go okay well why did that luke passage pop up at the beginning of the movie and you, you have no idea because then it kicks into this kind of slapstick. And then, you know, for me, it's just I had fun with it. It's definitely not tr- trained to Busan, but it's it's fun watch. It, and I didn't think so. But I, I think <laughs> I think I might like it. I, I might enjoy it again if I watched it again more because I now I know what's going on. But mm-hmm. uh, and I, I do really think there was some cool stuff going on. It just wasn't I, I'm and I'm giving it a rating based on what I saw when I first watched it. And it just it, it didn't do it for me. I was bored. And it, that was a really good segue because I want to be honest with you about Mandy. <laughs> I watched it again. Yeah. I enjoyed myself so much. Really? Man. Oh, okay. my God. I enjoyed myself watching it again. After the well, discussion. Maybe, maybe that's what I should do is watch Wayland again. Well, it, it's in, you know, two and a half hours. It sucks. Oh, I mean, the, to be honest, thing, it yes. sucks to sit through that. And and even Mandy was long. But, yeah, it was. But, you know, it's I, just, I honestly thought this was like three and a half hours long. Well, I know. <laughs> and it felt that way at times. But again, I. I'm liking, I'm <laughs> like Mandy. I could actually watch it one more time just because I enjoyed it. But it, what did I give it? Did I give it like a two? Yeah, I think you did. I, I would actually <laughs> crank it up to about a three and a half really? right now. Okay. Well, and then maybe if I watch The Wailing again, I would, uh, I would feel differently about it too. But uh, just well, based on my initial watch, that's, that's how I feel. I, I had some, I was just kind of bored. Yeah. I, I'm and confused. I, you got to give it this though. It's done. It doesn't, you, you talk a little bit about tropes, I'm, but there's not a lot. I mean, no. there's, this is a very unique horror movie. Oh, I agree. No, I totally agree. It is very unique. And, and I think that's what a lot of people are are rating uh, when they're giving it these high ratings. Because this is different. This is not like a rehash of a slash. And when I say trope, I guess I just mean like. Uh, well, no, no, no. Know. I know what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, I think every horror movie has a trope. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the final girl or this is yeah. what a slasher is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just I found it so unique. And coming up. 
Man, we're staying international for the next we two are. weeks, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we are. So what, next so week? So next week, uh, we have a movie that's near and dear to my heart, Tessie's. Uh, I've, I've spent a semester abroad in Spain uh, living in a city called Valladolid, and uh, this was a pretty big movie when I... Uh, when I was there, and I actually met the star of it, um, That's cool. Eduardo Noriega. He's from a town that one of my roommates is from uh, in Cantabria. Okay. So, <laughs> so I met him, and uh, it's a it's a different movie. It's interesting. I'm wondering. I'm interested to see what your take is on it. After well, you watch. I'll have some watch time this weekend, weekend right? so, yeah. so I can actually sit down and and watch the movie. I'm interested because it's um, you know it's got an interesting kind of uh, story to it. Uh, coming up uh, following week, we are going to be joined by another guest. I don't know. We friends. got in chapter two in between. There. Okay, it chapter yep. two, and then and then we're going to be joined by another guest from Straight Chilling. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be Randy. a confusing week again because we're going to have two Andys on the show. I don't no, know. No, well, <laughs> his name is Andy, but they call we'll him call Randy, him Randy I guess. Gandy, Gilandy. That's, that's so that's how we'll refer to him. So that's we're not right. confused. So what do you think, Andy? So, well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we're going to do let the right one in with him. A Swedish oh, uh, vampire movie. Which, I uh, saw it a while ago. Yeah, I, a I really ago. enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to watching it again, just to kind of give a, mm-hmm. a second set of eyes. But I, I'm not a vampire fan. Oh, really? Okay. But that's unique. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, it was a cool movie. I, I seem to remember enjoying it. Uh, sleepaway camp after that, and then we get into Shocktober, where we're going to be uh, doing Halloween one and two by Rob Zombie uh, <laughs> and some other Halloween theme movies. And uh, the rest of the years, I'm really excited about all, what we Go got ahead, going man, on for the rest of the time. year. So um, <clears throat> we're going to stick with the holiday theme. And oh, well, I got to mention November 15th, one of my personal favorite terrible horror movies, Killer Workout. <laughs> we're going to do that one. It's on Amazon Prime for free. So I'm making John watch it. I, I, so I had this on VHS when I was a kid, and there was a one reason that I liked it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> can I? And before you continue, can, yeah. can I ask mm-hmm. if it's that bad? Can I give it a zero? I'm not. I, you can, I'm, you I'm can not, give it a zero. Sure. Okay. I mean, you're not going to offend me by giving Killer Workout a zero, uh, and, 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 also known as a robicide, by the way. A ro- <laughs> Look it up, kids. Yes, it's um, it's awesome. I, I I love it. But uh, you know, it's a bad bad movie. Okay, it's worse I, than it's much worse than Night Beast. The worst the worst that we have given mm-hmm. on this show is one. Okay, is there a possibility that that movie? I could think be Killer Workout could very much be in the, uh, the, in the running for zero. the worst movie that we've ever ever reviewed. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, although I, although the next week uh, it, we're getting into Thanksgiving and we're going to do Thanks Killing. Thanks Killing. Thanks yeah. Killing, which is also terrible, but I love it. It's about a uh, demon who gets into uh, turkey and turkey kills people. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's awesome. We're doing Blood Rage, the uh, Jacksonville Thanksgiving horror movie. Yeah. Right. Rob suggested that because it's Thanksgiving. And then we're getting into, uh, then it's December, so we'll be uh, doing some Christmas-themed horror movies. Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, One of my favorites, Krampus movie, uh, A Christmas Horror Story with William Shatner in it. There you go. Uh, Christmas Evil. Yes. And uh, that's pretty much the end of the year then, so we've got some pretty exciting stuff coming up i'm i'm excited about these movies and real quick question because i'm going to start thinking about this is since we just started this podcast this past year i know we're going to do a bust of uh at the end of december mm-hmm. can we pick movies from 2018 just because we just started this because they're newer to us sure i i, I sure all right let's we do, can do whatever we want make the rules here <laughs> <laughs> all right uh thank you so much for listening to right. the horror foria podcast episode 
episode number 26. We will talk to you next week.